Bad Gamer Crowley. And hello, I am Bad Gamer Bishop. Gamer Galore Derek. I love the alliteration. Bad Gamer Joe. And I'm Bad Gamer Jason. Get good, scrubs. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a weekly gaming podcast made by gamers and for gamers. Retro games, reviews, news, and generally bad opinions brought to you by your hosts, Kat and Austin. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. I'm your host, Bad Gamer Jason, and this is episode 91, Monster Hunter World Retrospective. Yes, we are back from hiatus, and I am excited to introduce our two new co-hosts of Bad Gamers Anonymous, two people who, well, thanks to losing a bet, will be saying words in your ear holes every week. It's Bad Gamer Cat and Bad Gamer Austin. Bad Gamer Cat and Austin, how are you? Not too bad. How are you, Jason? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. How about you, Austin? Doing squiggly wiggly, my good man. Awesome. So, Bad Gamer Cat and Austin, you guys have been looped into host Bad Gamers Anonymous with me, your awesome host, Bad Gamer Jason. Cat, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, on top of being a bad gamer, I'm Canadian, so sorry about that. Um, I've been playing games probably increasingly more so in the last three years than ever before. I enjoy more so RPG games, uh, open world games like Breath of the Wild or Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Online. I don't like first-person shooter games. Um, I like to make people laugh, and that's pretty much me in a nutshell. In a nutshell, in a Canadian nutshell, but we won't hold that against you, so. You should. <laughs> Why? It's okay to be Canadian. You're just really polite. <laughs> Have you met me? Well, not really, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Austin, how about you? What's your What's your gig? I love long walkers on the beach and possibly not getting myself thrown out of a helicopter in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a reference to something that happened, or? I shall not tell, except for on the next episode. Teasers, spoilers, you know me. (laughs) You're the epitome of clickbait. (laughs) Oh my, that's quite a reference, my good cat. What else about you? Yeah, so uh, how long have you been gaming? What kind of games do you enjoy? Oh god, so I've been gaming for at least, if not 20 years. Um, I've been gaming on stuff since like the Atari system. So, you know, the good old classics. I love... Some uh, RPG games, you know, where you get to level up, choose your own path. I can be a saintly angel or a devilish devil. <laughs> Good rogue. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I love first-person shooters as well, because then you get to say, teabag, uh, hello, uh, hello. And yes, uh, basically my least favorite uh, type of video game is something like Aragorn's Quest. Really? Oh, God, it is. That's just like, you know, kind of like someone else's Rosie O'Donnell. It's like a hatred of that game, just below the belt. It's just miserable. Yeah, I haven't played it, so I, I, can't, I can't make a comparison, but it sounds pretty awful the oh, way God. you're describing it. It's basically is it like Rosie O'Donnell is awful. Or... <laughs> yes, no, I mean, Rosie I'm not, O'Donnell. not comparing to Rosie O'Donnell, but just <laughs> his loathing of. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's, it's a, a deep loathing. When you actually play it and you go, oh my, it's like that, oh my God moment. He was right. I should never have played this game. Damn it, my curiosity. <laughs> curiosity killed the cat, you know? 
Yes, right. and possibly my feelings towards all other video games in that genre. It's like, boog, boog. <laughs> so what made you guys want to uh, get into podcasting? I'm all in it for Hollywood. All in it for Hollywood. You're here to get famous and live the, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll life? Obviously. <laughs> Kissing it, no, but mostly it's all about the money. Talking about my money. Money. Okay, well, uh, good luck with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, if you got into it for the money, uh, you may be getting out of it for exactly the same reason. Oh, no. I was going to say, did we, <laughs> were we brought in with different things? Or? It's okay, Kat. Shh. We'll respect Because I'm other. Canadian, I know. I know, you Canadians, just you and your good politeness and whatever other bad stuff I can think of. It's cold. I at least give it that. It's really cold up there. Not right now. All right, who's ready for some gaming news? Bingo. Yes, sir. Uh, who's excited for the next-gen consoles? Me, 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 me. More excited for Xbox than I am PlayStation, but yeah. Me too. So you're on the side of right at least uh yeah. but the pre- <laughs> but the, the playstation 5 may actually be a little pricier than what people have or what sony has first predicted uh well not necessarily sony but uh what the the uh gaming news journalism people have first predicted everybody's been saying it's probably going to be coming around uh the same 400 dollars price that the last gen systems came up with uh, there's an article on Eurogamer that says that Sony is struggling to lower their manufacturing costs for the PlayStation 5 to under $450, which is not a good sign if they're going to try and sell these things for about $400. So uh, PlayStation's manufacturing cost, whenever they first launched that, was about $380, uh, they, they believe was uh, the first run of manufacturing costs, and they sold that for three ninety nine. Of course, four fifty is a little higher than three ninety nine. They're going to be taking a large loss if they uh, if they still sell these things at four hundred dollars, but they're manufacturing them at four fifty. Now, this is manufacturing cost. This doesn't even include marketing, packaging, shipping, any of the supply chain costs and uh, marketing costs that come along with, with selling these things. This is just purely making the boxes. You know, building those websites and, you know, saying that there's content on them and there's really like content is great marketing and it's free, so. True, but, I mean, and, and, and Sony's got a really good marketing arm. You still have to pay those people, though. Somebody has to build that website. You still got to pay that person. That comes out of somebody's budget. True. That is pretty true. But you also have to look at, you know, the amount of thought that they're trying to put into the next gen. They're trying to come out on top of anybody else. So, I mean, it's kind of like, we got to push the limit, guys. It's okay if we raise it by $50. Yeah, but, I mean, people are still price sensitive. So, the Xbox One came out at close to a $600 price tag because they insisted on putting that stupid connect with it. Uh, that jacked up the price, and it ended up hurting them in the market. They, they lost a lot of market share to Sony in this last uh, generation battle. I think because, they're going to get it back, though. 
Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's possible if they can undercut Sony in, in price and still offer the same amount of system power. Uh, yeah, it's very possible they could catch up or even uh, pull ahead. It's really, honestly, for me, it's all about the fan base. You get a collective of people who've been with the PlayStation forever, and then you have people in the same thing with Xbox. You have just the fans, and as long as uh, Xbox could try to undercut it, I mean, I could totally see that, but you still have the PlayStation fans coming in going, okay, they're going to make this 100 times better. We're just going to figure out what that 100% is. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have their established base of customers, sure. And those customers are going to probably pay just about any price that they put on their new system. But there's also new customers coming into the market, and you always want to capture those new people because you've already got the, the, the established base. That's a given. Well, almost a given. Um, but you constantly have to have new customers to uh, continue that growth in your market share. Uh, so we're, we're looking at new customers. We're looking at customers who are on the fence. Uh, we're looking at customers who may typically buy both systems, but might be a little more price sensitive if one of the systems is con uh, considerably higher. Um, and we're also looking at people who aren't necessarily looking at what exclusives each system comes out with. So uh, there's, there's a chance that Sony could lose some market share if they don't walk this fine line oof just a low blow low blow man <laughs> it's not a low blow it's just economics <laughs> i like the idea of what they're trying to do which is you know get more memory into it but it should have been further thought out so that they weren't competing with smartphone manufacturers for the actual flash memory drives that they're trying to get for it yeah, so what, 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 one of the things that they're saying are the cost increases, uh, or at least part of the cost increases are due to the uh, DRAM and the NAND flash memory that they're putting in the new PlayStation. Um, smart <laughs> Let's try that again. Smartphone manufacturers, <laughs> I am actually capable of speaking English, I promise. Uh, smartmo... <laughs> you promised, <laughs> you promised. And I promised, <laughs> and then I could do it. Smart phone manufacturers are actually also gobbling up that memory uh, to put in their phones because phones are, are getting uh, more powerful every generation, just like the, the uh, consoles. Only phones come out every year. Consoles come out like once every five to six years. So uh, the smartphones are, are basically uh, gobbling up all the memory before the, the console manufacturers can get to it. So, Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. Now, they are promising a lot faster load times with this new generation. Uh, they're putting SSDs. Uh, the, the NAND flash memory is going to help with, with a lot of that as kind of interim storage between the long-term storage and uh, CPU pr uh, processing. So we're going to have a, a much more capable console, but at what cost? Oh, $50. <laughs> $50 more. <laughs> yeah. Well, that $50 ain't going towards your uh, your savings, son. I'm sorry. I'm putting it towards your PlayStation instead. Ah, oh, Dad. That's right. No college for imagine... you. I'm playing PlayStation. <laughs> I can only imagine how much more expensive it's going to be in Canada with the price. 
Yeah. Oh man, four hundred and fifty dollars U.S. in Canada is like what two point five billion. Yeah, they make that dollar go far, Bill. They make that dollar go far. (laughs) A lot of loonies and Tiffany's. Yeah, that's the exact type of people I think of when they live up in Canada. Loonies and toonies. Loonies and toonies. And what is a loonie and a toonie? Like a dollar and a two dollar coin. Okay, I think you're just making stuff up, but you'll never know. (laughs) Speaking of making stuff up, Half Life is back. Well. Almost back. It'll be back next month. Hooray! So in the middle of March, they are releasing Half-Life Alex. Now, this is a, a, a new Half-Life game. It is a full-fledged game. It is also a VR-only game. So that's uh... the only drawback on that. So for all of us Half-Life fans who have been waiting over a decade for a new Half-Life title... It's kind of disappointing if you don't have a VR system like I do. Oh, God. Those things, like, run, what, like, a couple hundred dollars for, like, a decent set? Uh, more than that. Ugh. Ugh. It's, it's like buying a, a brand-new console. So you're looking at anywhere from three to $500 for a, Ugh, gross. a capable enough So you VR can buy system. the new PlayStation 5, or you can buy a virtual reality console. Right. PlayStation yeah. 5. PlayStation 5 all the way. I got you, my piece. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I've been looking forward to a Half-Life title for, you know, 12 years now. Ever I'm since I was so a tempted boy. to jump in the VR pool just so I can play this game. Now, I have avoided VR up until now because there just hasn't been a title that has been compelling enough for me to get into it. And I think VR is a nascent fad. I don't think there's enough of a user base, and I don't think there's a killer app to make it mainstream. But this is tempting me. The thing is with VR, man, I have tried VR workout stuff. And when you do that, you're tripping like, oh, my God, where's the ground? Oh, my God, is that my face? It's like, yes, that is your face you're smacking with the controller. (laughs) Because you can't judge your distance, man. It's terrible, in my opinion. Why would you do virtual reality exercise stuff? Would that just be like doing it in real life? Uh, Well, they do attach you. (laughs) They act my bad. But they do add you to a machine, so it, it kind of is like one of those bow flexes that uh, automatically measures the amount of strength you're able to push after a certain amount of reps, and then adjusts the workout. So you can do like chest bumps, you can do squats, right? You can. You know, there's there's these things called gyms that have trainers. Um, <laughs> I think uh, happen in Canada. I don't know about the states, but. But they have so many people, and then you get your own box, and then you're like, no judgment from, like, no one ever, bro. You know, as much as you'd like to think, you know, people are sitting there judging you, they don't give a sh- you know, they don't really give a crap. They're just there to do their workout. They don't care about what you look like while you're doing your workout. Right. Like the one guy in the gym who's, like, a goody two-shoes, and then you have the other guys who's like... Uh huh. Right. That's how you do those benches. Whatever, girlfriend. I feel like you're that guy in the gym. Oh, judgy, judgy. So, Kat, have you never done any kind of VR experience? Nope. No? No. Are you tempted to do any kind of VR experience? Depends. Not for this game. I'm not a first person shooter. You don't game. like first person shooters. Mm-mm. I think None. that's what a lot of the VRs are, anyways, aren't they? Just first person shooters. 
Uh, I'm going to shoot a gun. Them, yeah. I'm going to shoot a real gun. Oh, oh God. Oh, well. oh, Canada, we have our guns. God bless and everything goes great. Not as many <laughs> as you guys have. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very true. So, yes, Valve is going to release a new Half-Life game. Hopefully this is a trend of things to come and we actually get a full-fledged Half-Life 2 sequel uh, episode three so that we can figure out what in the heck happened to Gordon Freeman after episode two because it's been 12 years. Come on, Valve. I mean, Valve can... Uh, come up with an algorithm that tells you what game to play next. Now, this isn't an algorithm to tell you what to buy next. This just uh, combs through your library. And after you've finished a game, tells you what game you should play next based off of what's in your library. So mm. Crowley is now probably going to be hiding in the closet because uh, Steam is going to be able to tell him what he should be playing next. Yeah, that just makes me feel nervous. You know, that's kind of like, here, buy this, because we want you to buy this game that's not so popular. Ha ha. Uh, what? No. Well, yeah, it's but this isn't, even, this isn't even for sales. This is just looking through your Steam library and saying, okay, so uh, you played Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2. Now you should play Baldur's Gate Extended Edition. How is this something to be scared of? Sorry, Crowley, but how is it something to be scared of? So said, I'm scared of change. Because the robots are getting smarter. <laughs> we sell you better stuff now. Beep boop. I don't understand algorithms or their algorithms specifically, but it's basically just, you know, listing different things that are specific to this game. Like it's an RPG, this, that, and the other thing. And then comparing it to other ones with similar notes on them. It's nothing to be scared of. Right. And it's probably looking at a lot of different users and what they played and then what they played next to give you suggestions on what's something, you know, based off of statistics, what people like to play next. See, it's going to be a jumping board, in my opinion. They're like, okay, we're going to kind of figure out what you guys like and then advertise, advertise, blow you up with first shooter purser stuff. You think? You think this is all just for advertising? For monetization? Oh my god, yes. Like it's it's like right there. It's like smack dab in their faces. If they don't take advantage of that, you know, that's leaving it up for somebody else to be like, hey, you know, they kind of do this, but let's add money and force advertise down their throats since we can already guess what they like in their libraries. That's like a that's like the best type of economy that you can use to get. But then it's no longer an algorithm as so much if it's monetized because they're doing it. They're doing it specifically to get a kickback from the people. Well, I mean, Hey, you know, that that's just what it is. I'm calling it as I'm seeing it. It's a good strategy and it's definitely a jumping board to other things that will either a, you know, attract people in just because, you know, Hey, we can give you your top 10 video games you can play or better yet, they can monetize it and use this algorithm jumping technology to basically say, hey, man, let's get all these like games that nobody's ever played before, put them out there. Since like this guy likes first-person shooters, this guy likes MMORPGs. So let's get the games that people don't normally think of and just smack a ripe gob in their faces with the algorithm. You can only imagine what mine would say. I try to find weird <laughs> games on Steam <laughs> to play. Are you going to have to start how... deleting your browser history in Steam? 
Oh my. Oh my. Uh, nah, I want to see what they suggest. <laughs> More like, you know, Bad Gamers Anonymous. Here you go. <laughs> all right, I want to take a quick survey uh, here. Who all here has played The Witcher? Raise your hand. Bingo. Actually, don't raise your hand. This is a podcast. So go ahead and say, yes, I've played oh, The Witcher. I've been tricked. Come I have on. not. I have not. You have not played The Witcher. Austin? No. Yes. Bingo. You have played The Witcher. Okay. Oh, yeah. When you Who get all on here, there. So let's, let's make a Venn diagram here. Who all here has seen The Witcher on Netflix? Bingo. I have seen the preview. You've seen the preview. Uh, nah, but does that count? Does that really count? That's like saying, hey, I saw the ice cream before they melted it onto my feet. It's nothing like that, but okay. <laughs> okay, so that's an interesting Venn diagram. So we've got somebody who has seen both The Witcher, or who has played both The Witcher and seen it. I have not played any of The Witcher series, but I have watched the Netflix series. And like you have done neither. So that's, uh, a, that's in my defense, I have been, I'm supposed to watch it with somebody, but we haven't had the time to watch it together yet. It's called Netflix so. cheating. She what doesn't want to do it. on the, the heat death of the universe? <laughs> no. I just haven't done it yet. Busy. Got stuff. Just like every uh, ex I've ever had. I'm busy. I can't quite catch up with you. I'll do it later. So you're oh, saying she's sad. ghosting the Witcher? She's ghosting the Witcher. I'm pulling it right out of the, the flaps. Ghosting the Witcher. <laughs> ghosting the Witcher. All right. What so flaps? Ew. <laughs> the the Witcher season two has uh, started filming a little early. Um, it was scheduled to begin filming on February the seventeenth. They started about a week earlier. So, however, there was there seemed to have been some kind of kerfuffle let's call it about the Nilfgaard armor in the series based or versus what was depicted in the game. Now, again, I haven't played the game, so I have no idea what the Nilfgaard armor looks like in the game. Uh, but it's it, basically like black armor with a huge yellow sun on the front of it. And it's like supposed to be very uh, empire ish, you know, to look like a bumblebee. No, not a no, not a, a bumblebee. No, it's supposed to like an embodiment of the black ones, you know. And then they get the sun as their pride, like yeah, German engineering or something other. Okay, so in the series, it wasn't like you know dark black. They did have a sun emblem on the front, but you know, there's there's artistic license and costuming and stuff. I mean, it looked like armor. It was it was you know. Nilfgaard had soldiers, had troops, they had armor, and it was in the background, there wasn't anything to it. But apparently a lot of people who played the Witcher series are up in arms that the Nilfgaard armor didn't look like it did in the game and are just absolutely going bug nuts over this. I hate to tell you, have nothing better to do with their <laughs> Yeah, I hate to tell everybody who played oh, the game and is no. griping about the Nilfgaard armor, they're not changing it. See, but you have to look at it from this perspective. What if there was a Star Wars movie where the stormtroopers didn't quite look like the stormtroopers before? Oh man, I know Star Wars fans. They'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up, hold up! What happened you mean to my like clones?" Every Star You're Wars trilogy, about movie consistency. Ever? 
yeah, doesn't Star Wars have video games? If you really think about it, they do take some creative liberties inside of the video games. But the video, games. but the movies came out first. Yeah, and then guess what? The video games came out, and then people were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's something wrong with this design here. Let's let's put it back on the drawing board, Bill. Okay, we're going for stormtroopers, not some weird Fallout series deal. Okay." But even in even in the movies, the the stormtroopers had an evolution in their armor. I mean, the the prequel clone troopers didn't look like the stormtroopers in the original trilogy, and the stormtroopers in the sequel trilogy. Uh, didn't look exactly like the original trilogy. So, I mean, there there were evolutions in their armor. And the video games did have some slight variations in Stormtroopers. Now, it wasn't considered canon, I don't think. Of course, they, they messed up a lot of the canon. And I'm not going into that. That's a whole entire rant for a <laughs> whole different podcast. So, um, but yeah, I mean... It, you're not going to get, especially on, on, a, on an IP like The Witcher, where I don't think they have as, as tight of creative control uh, between the live action and the video games. These were all started with a novel, so they get to kind of do their own thing. And that is true. They can do their own thing, but, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with the Sonic movie right when people saw the first trailer man that freaked me out like the teeth and everything right and it's like holy jesus oh yeah like people take up in arms like when they see that sort of stuff and man somebody did something about it they really did change it and so maybe they're just trying out the same thing but with this because it's it's the witcher it's a very important fan base for a lot of people you know and so they're like hey man just do us a favor okay just get the Nilfgaard armor the way that it should be and we're going to be happy campers the world we live in today my god i think they're already happy campers because everything yeah the 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 (laughs) witcher has uh has been hugely successful on netflix so i think even if they didn't change the armor people are still going to tune in how many episodes in the witcher uh there's what 10 no more than that i think it's like 13 I'll try to watch them this week. Yeah, you can binge watch it easily. I did it in two days. Oh, yeah. No, it's super duper easy. You just have to kind of be patient, right? Like through some of the slower bits. But, you know, it, it'll, it'll you'll get through it. Like especially with like can of corn, uh, some nacho bits, uh, some bacon. Wait, wait. Uh, what? Pork belly. What kind what? of snacks do you have? No kidding. It is, is the this? ultimate gamer's package, okay? Or when you're really trying hey, to blow through uh, what is what it? What did you say about it? corn? Cream corn. <laughs> you ever had a cream corn? Creamed corn at a corn. movie? Cream corn. When you're watching... a... Yes, cream corn in a movie. Don't judge. Where do you live? No judgment. My God. No judgment. Out in the I'm boonies. judging. I'm judging hard. <laughs> <laughs> what? You mean Canada doesn't have some weirdo stuff with their donuts? Come on now. Like, there's got to no, be. We got regular donuts. Who eats creamed corn as a snack while they watch a movie or a TV series? That's weird. Uh, yeah, oh, I can you name call somebody weird who old lives Canada. in Iowa who probably eats creamed corn with his movies. Boom. Look at that. America. Eat it, Canada. Cream corn all over. <laughs> all over you. My question yeah, is, yeah. does Canada <laughs> have GameStop? We do. You might not for much longer, depending on... Uh, how many stores that they close after this uh, latest quarter quarterly sales report. So they are down 
25% off of the holiday season. That's, that's, a that's a chunk. That's a chunky monkey that they just dropped right there. Yeah, considering that most retail stores rely on their holiday season pretty heavily for their yearly sales, being down 25% during your holiday season is, is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, think about those subscriptions, man. How are they going to get those magazines out now? We got too many of them, Jim. Just dump them down. So who's been in a GameStop recently? Me. Have I'm you really? Lie. Yeah. I, How recent? Like maybe two or three weeks ago recent. Like it was really recent. I had to go get a new controller because the thumb pad went out on me because I was really jamming against Borderland 3. Point is, you go in there and you're just, it's sad. It's They're really trying their hardest to sell like, what are those things, Pops? You know, where they oh, think yeah. little figurines. Oh, yeah, Funko Pops, yeah. yeah, the Funkos. That's what it was. And they're just, they're trying so hard for the t-shirts, like Hero Academia. They're trying to get stuff kind of sold, but it's like, who's going to buy half of the stuff? You go for the video games or accessories. That's that's kind of it. There's obviously people that go for that stuff, otherwise it wouldn't be there. Not where I live, sister. Where <laughs> well, I, I don't live. know. There's... Yeah, but you guys also <laughs> eat cream corn while you watch TV. There's so 25% <laughs> less people going for that stuff than there was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a huge chunk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I would be surprised if GameStop is still around, at least in physical retail form, at this time next year. Like the Blockbuster, baby. Just the Blockbuster. It has a slow kill rate. But they're trying to hold out until the new consoles come out. Yeah, that yeah. is kind of true. If you and hold out with that, the holiday sales could be ginormous or the returns be satisfactorily boring. But I mean, take a look at, um, uh, what's it called? Toys R Us. They were going bankrupt. They did the same thing and they're still here. But Toys R Us was a little different. So Toys R Us got bought out by a uh, capital investment firm who dumped a large amount of debt onto Toys R Us. They took out a large amount of debt, dumped it on Toys R Us, and then basically, you know, bankrupted Toys R Us because of that debt. So th- that that's a little bit different. Uh, it wasn't really Toys R Us's fault that they went bankrupt. It was the capital investment firm that that bought them out. And that that's kind of what their MO is. They'll they'll buy out kind of distressed companies take out a lot of loans, dump all that debt on the company, bankrupt the company, and then walk away with the cash. Cha-ching, cha-ching, baby. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's, it's oh. pretty cruddy is what it is. So, um, But no, I mean, so, but GameStop is in trouble. Um, they, they, might, uh, they might not make it. They might still make it in... in online form they i think they do pretty good in online form but i'm thinking the last couple times that i bought a console it wasn't from gamestop it was online i was a i was a day one xbox one uh owner so i bought that directly through microsoft and my playstation 4 i got off of amazon i am not gonna lie i actually got my uh my xbox 360 from a gamestop it was a gears of war edition that they were having on sale. Oh, dude, it was ba- it's bad A as heck. It's got the paint job, the skull on the front. And you're like, man, I am pimp as daddy. 
Just saying. Ew. <laughs> it's not you. It's Gears of War. I think a lot of people would agree with me. It's like no, really... it's the way you phrase things that are ew. So oh, of Canada has GameStop, and mm-hmm. it looks like mm-hmm. they also have Minecraft. Yes, yes, we do. In fact, you're going to have Minecraft in your Yukon classrooms. Hooray! It's not boring anymore with the usual teacher baloney. I wish they had Minecraft in school when we were kids. I don't know. So much more fun. So much creativity that I just get bored in an hour. I couldn't do it. What are they going to teach in Minecraft in in classrooms? First, why don't you tell us about Yukon? Because the only thing that I know about Yukon is are are things that I've you know heard in a movie or <laughs> while eating cream corn. The great no, Yukon I don't eat crossing. cream corn. I don't live in Iowa. <laughs> it's all the same to me. Well, uh, Yukon is a territory. North Canada. I don't know all that much about it either, except for they have Minecraft now in schools. It's modified, obviously. Um, From what I heard, Yukon is the type of GMC, so that's how they get that, you know, kind of giant size, kind of get it out there like, Yukon big, yippee-ki-yay, Texas. Oh, that's right. They 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 have the GMC Yukon. As, Bingo. As their, yeah, SUVs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that with a name like Yukon, how can you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're teaching minecraft in the classrooms mm-hmm. used to create and build things um yeah it's i'm mean, not the most exciting piece of news that's out there but i thought it was nifty okay because it's canadian well it is pretty nifty it says here that they're like building diagrams of eyes to cities i mean uh, that's pretty intricate, the human eye. So imagine building that in Minecraft to be able to be like, okay, this is like your upper lens. This is like your squishy part. This is how it all connects to your brain and the nervous system. Bada bing, bada boom. Well, yeah, definitely developing it further and teaching them how to create and how things work. And, you know, you have to do this, do this, do this, do this. So it's it's good. Okay. Although I can't say that I'm excited for kids having to have laptops now in schools. I don't know if it's like that in the States, but oh, yes. a lot of oh, schools totally. like that. Uh, like my last year of high school, like, bam, they were just pushing those bad boys out. They're like, here's a laptop for you, a laptop in your face. There you go. They gave them to you? Yes. Oh, yeah. They just yeah, we gave them. We could buy us. our own for our kids. Oh, really? No, they, yeah. the, the oh. school provided them. They weren't the greatest laptops. Oh, in fact, uh, my kid's school... Um, they provided Chromebooks, which were just awful. But oh yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, but free. Yeah, they were free. <laughs> yeah, now, they they had to give them back to the school at the end of the year. They didn't get to keep them, but trashed, stickered out, grimy. Like I've heard some stories, like when I was leaving my high school, and people were just like, "How can you kids do this?" It's like. You gave free They're laptops kids. to kids. Yeah, what else are they going to do? They're going to personalize <laughs> it, sticker it, glitter it. I've even heard bedazzling the laptops. You know how hard it is to bedazzle things? No, I've never bedazzled a thing ever. It is difficult. It is <laughs> hot. I will I will trust your bedazzling expertise there. So, Yes, darling, yes. I'm like the Joan Rivers of bedazzling. Don't I look <laughs> fabulous? That doesn't surprise me. 
<laughs> All right, so this week we are going to talk about Monster Hunter World. Now, this is a, a game that uh, BGA has reviewed before. We're going to talk about it as a retrospective, as well as some of the recent DLC that has come out. So a uh, little background, Monster Hunter World was released on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One uh, back in January of 2018. Uh, I remember playing it whenever it was first released in August, uh, whenever they did a PC release. Um, developed and published by Capcom. Part of the same Monster Hunter series that everybody knows and loves. Uh, it's been around forever. Uh, it's an action role-playing game. Yeah, I guess it is. it would be considered role-playing. Uh, Third-person action view. So what you do is you take on the role of a monster hunter. You basically uh, kill monsters, take their stuff, build new stuff to kill bigger monsters, take their stuff, make stuff out of their stuff, kill bigger monsters, rinse, and repeat. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good explanation of that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he just, it's just like, yeah, yeah. He's touched on points on this. Like, yeah, he just flatly, like, just boom, this is the basis of it. Yeah. Uh, there is some <laughs> multiplayer. You can team up with uh, three of your friends if you have friends, and then you can uh, go hunt monsters together. And for those of us who don't have friends, you can multiplayer alone. Yes. You can or do you this can alone. gather the more friends, Billy, and have all the fun stuff to yourself. <laughs> now, there's an Iceborne DLC that I have not played. I have not played it either, but I, unpopular opinion, don't actually like the game that much. Oh, oh really? yep. Here we go. Here, here's here's where the fight starts happening. Well, you want to no, tell us no. a little bit about the Iceborne DLC, Austin? <sighs> So basically, with the Iceborne DLC, it gives you way more monsters, bigger areas, and a lot more quests. Like practically the same amount, if not more, than the main part of the game that you you know you buy at the store, the sixty dollar one. It just gives you more uh, quantity, a lot more gameplay, different weapon styles, more weapon attacks, and they even give you a new tool that you can latch onto the monster. I know that, you know, beginning of the game, they tell you, hey, just mount a monster and you can, like, basically beat the living crap out of it. But every time you go to try to mount the monster, it's almost practically impossible. But not with this tool. This tool just latches on and, boom, you're instantly mounted to that monster. It just gives you a lot more variety of gameplay and a lot more monsters to fight with, like over two dozen new monsters. Who wouldn't want to fight more of those? Me. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say me. I didn't play very long after I got it because it just didn't hook me. Oh, <laughs> sore sport. I, I, hey, if you like the game, I can see why people do like the game. I mean, it, it's, it's very fast paced, uh, very action packed. Um, but it's a little Dark Souls for me. It's, it's a lot of repetitive, uh, dodge, stick, and move, dodge, stick, and move. Um, yeah, it, it was just a, a little too repetitive for my tastes. Oh, well, I mean, I could see that, but you also have to look at the majesty of how they developed the game. It's its own ecosystem. Literally every monster in every like zone that you're fighting these things have their own prey-predatory status. So they're, they can be in the middle of the food chain, they can go hunt, and you can track them 
like you're actually hunting like an elk or a deer like you do here where I'm at. Like it's very similar and it's very attracting to be like, yo, dog, I'm going to get myself like a level three Kadachi weapon. All right. I'm going to have to hunt this thing a few times, but it's worth it. Now you're just making up words. What? What? (laughs) Like one of the blades, long blades names is the Kadachi Okay, I don't come up with the names. I just come up with how awesome it is when you're literally slicing the monsters with lightning. It's wicked. If they can put so much thought into, you know, how the monsters interact with each other and their food chain, they could have put more thought into the actual storyline of the game or even made more of an effort with the dubbed over voices (laughs) that don't line up. Yeah, that bothers me. I will say that the voices, (laughs) the voice acting in this game is not good. It kind of bugs sucks. me so much. <laughs> well, it's also Japanese. You know how hard it is to dub things in Japanese compared to like animes, video games. You'd be surprised how like you have to get like one sentence in a particular structure and you have no, to follow the animation. No, I it's... get that. I get that. But <laughs> Capcom is notoriously bad about hiring good voice actors. I mean, they Ooh. suffered from the same thing in Ace Combat 7. The voice acting in that game sucked really bad and it's it's no better in this game oh that's well i mean i'll give you that the benefit of the doubt is they do need to get some like better voice acting but they should also be able to figure out like the animation they can change it and then they don't and then you're like but they spend so much time on you know the ecosystem which i mean sure it's great but you can spend a little more time on other things like i don't care what this monster eats I want the voices to be well represented and I want the mouths to move along with the words. It's all about the action though. You know, like the storyline just gets in the way and then you're just like, okay, I'm ready to hunt. I want my level up now. I want the big A like Nergi Gante armor set. Do you know how long that takes? So you're blowing through the the trailers. Your opinion is wrong. Oh, (laughs) oh. The storyline is a huge part of the game. Having a storyline just takes away from the appeal. But it's just the gameplay. You're hunting stuff, you're killing stuff, and then you go back and you do it again. It just... Yeah, which is boring as hell already. So why not give me an interesting aspect? But no, take that away too and just make it a repetitive thing over and over and over. Well, you say that until you get to the event stuff. Then you're just like, yippee ki yay. No, I couldn't even make it that far. I don't like the game. Ugh, ugh, breaking my heart, kid. You're breaking my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the things that I didn't mind in the game was the music. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. So my, my philosophy on music is as long as it's okay, as long as it doesn't detract from my experience of the, of the media, whether it be a movie or a game or a television show, I'm fine with it. Now, there are some uh, games and, and movies that have excellent movie, uh, music that, you know, actually enhance your experience of consuming that media. And then there's some games that have some awful, awful music that just absolutely takes you out of your immersion. This game was kind of middle of the road. What did you guys think? I think that it was greatly orchestrated, especially with the gameplay. You're hunting, and then boom, it just goes into fight music, and you are just loving it. You're just wham, ha-ha, epically. I didn't think it was bad, um, but it wasn't 
great. I didn't get lost in the music in a good way, but I also didn't get, you know, lost in a bad way. But I, I know what you mean about it completely ruining things if it's bad, bad. Right. Uh, the graphics are good. Um, I think they've done really well with uh, the environments that they've built, uh, the character models that they've built. I could have done it without a lot of the cats that they put in the game. I mean, don't What's get wrong me wrong. Cats? I'm a cat person, but they put a lot of stupid cats in this game. I mean, there's cats ever. No, I just, there's, there's too, there's a, such a thing as too many cats. No, there's not. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> hey, no, it's not. you both are wrong because it's Grumpy Kitty, the one that rules them all. Grumpy Kitty in heaven. Yeah, that's like a last decade thing. Come on now. Get oh, dude. Like, <laughs> I had a grumpy kitty stuffed animal. Okay, don't judge. And I'm like, Can you sleep yes. with it every night too? Hey, my dog loved that teddy bear slash grumpy kitty thing. It was amazing for his teeth. <laughs> I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely because you can't, therefore I win. Bingo, chango. No, no, don't confuse that for you winning. So oh. this game is almost two years old, and it is still relevant today. It's still got a rabid fan base, so it must be doing something right. Now, like I said, it is not to my taste, but there are a lot of people that still play it. There, uh, The DLC was released what a little over a year ago not even that like probably september? last yeah september six months oh, okay seven so months. yeah seven months ago um and it, it's still going strong so they're 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 keeping the game relevant which is incredible for a game that's not an mmo uh how are they doing that uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the cross-promotional content that they've done and, you know, the crossovers and stuff. Like what they did with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, they did it with um, uh, Final Fantasy, they did it with Assassin's Creed, The Witcher 3, Resident Evil. They did a lot of that kind of stuff, which I think helped it keep keep it fresh. Um, and then the DLC, obviously, kind of brought it back up again. Honestly, I think it was more just like, you know, the community and the events. You know, you don't get bored every day or every week, you know. I because got bored in five minutes. Oh, of course <laughs> you did. You have no patience. Patience, young Padawan. Yeah, I, I will say that it does have a very strong community. Uh, one of the things whenever Monster Hunter World was first coming out was they had uh, it, uh, like an adopt a hunter type event where veterans of the other monster hunter games would uh, work with people that were new to the genre and help them develop strategies and kind of show them the ropes uh, to help them get into the game. So, I mean, that's, that's an incredible community building uh, system that they had there. So uh, kudos to them because, you know, a lot of gaming communities are just toxic as heck. And that would never happen. Oh, dude, it's the be most beautiful thing that you could ever see on a video game is where it just brings community of people together to have more fun. They don't trash talk. They're just there to like, hey, man, I'll show you how to beat this thing and you'll get way more points to doing this. That's like awesome. So it's like the Canadian video game. <laughs> what? No. Oh, God. No, please. Let's never use that phrase again. Oh, geez. I thought we were the nice ones. <laughs> oh, just no no let's let's continue on from here and ignore this mm -hmm. ever happened no 
<laughs> All right. Austin, you obviously like the game. What what is it about the game? Why don't you give us your final thoughts on on what it is what it is about the game that you you absolutely enjoy? Honestly, for me, it's about the brilliant fantasy that it goes through. I mean, obviously, you show up in a brand new world, you're hunting creatures to get an increase in armor and weaponry. And it just re- kind of reminds you of like epically questing. And that really brought me in, uh, you know, especially with the type of monsters and their different ecosystems. I mean, there's even one ecosystem where it's literally called the Rotten Vale. It's the bottom of the food chain. You have scavengers eating everything and different monsters form. respond to that. And, you know, it's it's great. It's really great how it just has the differences, the different types of gameplay, the intelligence that you have to use to go through it and it just makes you feel that much more awesome all right cat you obviously don't like the game uh what are your final thoughts don't get me wrong it's a good game for people that like the game i mean it's obviously successful it's not that i hate the game it's just not my kind of game i don't like the grinding aspect of the game i don't like the like you said earlier rinse and repeat aspect of it i don't like that it takes so long to track down a monster and then actually kill it and that they can run away mid-battle I hate the fact that even though I chose dual blades because that's my fighting style, that I have to sharpen them in between. Like, why? Makes no sense. Well, blades do get also, dull when you use them. So. But it's not all of them. It's, yeah, it's like it's only the close range weapons. Like hunting things, you sharpen it up after you like get a deer and skin it. And you're like, huh? I probably should sharpen that when I get home. At so least I don't it's get not Breath of the Wild where you use a sword twice and it breaks. <laughs> don't don't just don't <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> your opinion is wrong oh, oh oh i also really don't like not knowing how much health the monster has left i don't like the guessing i like knowing and sure it may not be realistic but it's an rpg it's supposed to be super realistic well, i don't like the storyline oh see, oh. <laughs> see you're just that- harshing Harshing the vibe, bro. Harshing the vibe. The Giving my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, now you're just breaking my heart because this is something that's so beautiful and community-based, and you're just trash-talking it, man. It's, it's, it's not the way. It's not the way. It, what, are you still thinking I'm a nice Canadian? <laughs> well, I mean, if you say, try to say about. I can say about properly. Okay. Then, as long as you're not mad at that, I, maybe you know, just, just mad maybe. that I can speak properly. Oh. No, I'm not mad about that at all. Well. <laughs> all right, Austin. Um, <laughs> how would you rate the game? I honestly would rate it nine out of ten. It's really great with the graphics, as we were talking about earlier. The gameplay, the community, it makes you feel warm and welcome. And obviously. The amazing new DLC just really sells it for it. It just makes it brand new and fresh for everybody. All right. Uh, Kat. And again, all the power to all the people that like Monster Hunter. But I rated a meh on the bogus to tubular scale. <laughs> okay. Wait, what, the what? The what scale? The bogus to tubular scale. So is that like Canadian ski talk? Is that oh, what come on, you guys man. use That's up like there? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh yeah, my god, on. I haven't seen those movies in forever. Those are the best. Keanu Reeves. Bless you. Bless you, Keanu Reeves. 
Speaking of Keanu Reeves, there is, uh, from what I understand, a uh, uh, change.org petition out there to make May 21st, uh, 2021 and beyond uh, Keanu Reeves Day. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, you should go out and uh, sign that petition. Oh, why? Because it's Keanu Reeves. Have you never seen this gorgeous man, this angel on this earth? I just used a reference from one of his movies. I've clearly seen him. Yeah, yeah, so he's so, uh, that amazing. He has his own day. May 21st, 2021, uh, will be the release of The Matrix 4 and oh. John Wick 4. Oh, okay, so no way. Yes. Is it, wait, they're having a dual release yes. for John Wick and The Matrix? Yes. Minecraft Blum. Yes. So that should be, henceforth, Keanu Reeves Day. Oh my See, that's, god! That's that's why I got into podcasting so I could be as big as Keanu Reeves one day and get my own day. <laughs> yes, because you'll be as big, dude. That Keanu Reeves, he's like the he's like the sweetest guy ever. He's so chill. I can be sweet if I want. I just don't want to. Mm, right. All right, that's got it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, next week we will be back with more gaming news and another game to review. Uh, for this week, I've been Bad Gamer Jason. I'm Bad Gamer Cat. Bad Gamer Austin. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Follow Bad Gamers Anonymous on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bad Gamers Anonymous podcast, on Instagram at Bad Gamers Anonymous, and on Twitter. At, at Bad Gamers Anon. You can contact Bad Gamers Anonymous by emailing badgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Bad Gamers Anonymous is hosted by Kat and Austin, edited by Arturo Garcia, and produced by Jason Mixon and James Geem. <laughs>